The cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. If it hadn't been for you, I would be now in someone else's digestion. You know there's something you should know, so I'm gonna tell you so. It's Bad Movie Month on the Cellcast. Don't sweat it. Forget it. Enjoy the show. Working all day, now it's time to unwind. Kick back, relax, take a load of your mind. <laughs> I'll be busting the moves and I'll be busting the rhymes. We'll be busting up laughing cause it's party time. Everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time. Party time. Everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time Party time, party time Everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time Party time, party time Everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time Party time, Everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast Joining me today is a man who did not need a love potion to get, get engaged. Welcome, Jacob. Thankfully not. That's why I think you don't need to introduce our co-host, a man who, uh, if he has to go pick another flower and start another war, I, we might have a problem here. Welcome, Drew. This is why you don't pick flowers. You go to the florist. They're cleaner there. They've that gotten all the primroses out, so all the love potions aren't going to have to be met. That is true. So yeah, we're reviewing, this is our final movie for Bad Movie Month, and we are reviewing the final George Lucas film that he ever worked on in any way, shape, or form, and maybe outside of uh, yeah, Created outside of, by Credit. Yeah, you know, outside of uh, Lucasfilm, I think. He doesn't work for Lucasfilm anymore. Well, I know that. I don't I even. I don't even think he gets any. Res, he gets residuals on his original movies, probably, but I don't think he gets anything for any for any of the other stuff. No, I don't think so. Either way, yeah, it's Strange Magic, the uh, animated jukebox musical about oh fairies God. and true love. Oh my gosh! This will change the way you feel about that song that starts sugar pie honey bun. Oh my gosh, please, <laughs> please, please, please. Uh yeah. So why don't we go ahead and jump into the spoiler-free section on this? Certified fresh and spoiler-free. This is my second viewing of this film. That's right. You did say me like you said. Because I saw this in a theater. Oi. There. In here in Jacksonville, it was the first movie I saw in what's now the Apex. Wow. wow. And I went to watch it solely because I wanted to see what a true George Lucas animated film was going to be like, especially since I knew that this film mm -hmm. special compensation was made for it. So it would still get released in the sale to Disney. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, this is not one of my favorite films. I will say on the second viewing, for the first couple minutes mm -hmm. of the film, I was debating if I was remembering correctly or not, because this is a very nice looking film. Agreed. And most of the earmarks of a bad film, I was not seeing. So, up until I guess the Bog King was introduced. Yeah. I was thinking I'm gonna have to apologize to Jacob. 
for putting this on here because this is obviously not a bad movie. Yeah. I chose wrong. We're going to have to cram something else out in a hurry. And I kept watching and I kept watching and go, no, this belongs here because mm-hmm. this story. Uh, it is a love story. Yes. A very poor love story. Let's say that. Let me put it this way. With most of the romance movies, mm-hmm. romantic relationships, we have seen across every episode of this podcast. Yeah. There's always at least one romantic relationship, even if it's not called out. You can tell there's two characters at least who are friendly with each other. Yes. In almost every one of those situations, I can see the relationship. I believe that these two characters are in love with each other. Yeah. This includes the ones where, you know, like Snow White, where she just met him because he kissed her and she woke up. Mm-hmm. And granted, she knew him at the beginning of the movie, but that's beside the point. Yeah, we're not even they, talking about the new movie. Let's say that. Yeah, well, that we. I don't think we're even gonna see the new movie. <laughs> Probably not, because I don't think either one of us want to sit through that. But um, I, I, I think generally, I think I'd be curious. I'm, I, I am as curious. It's of a wreck with this I'm as be. curious with that as I am as curious at, the, at how much of a wreck the Barbie movie is, but not enough to see it in a theater. I got you. Fair. Because I still have not watched Barbie. Hmm. And I'm, if I do, it's going to be because there's nothing else to watch. <laughs> um, so probably not for a long time. Um, or if someone forces me to watch it. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um. Oh, here, here. there is by the end of this, yeah. Two major relationships, yes, and I don't believe either one. No, no, they do need. I do not see either relationship as a couple. So, for a very romance-heavy mm-hmm. movie, I kind of see that as a bad thing. Uh, granted, this is obviously not made for adults. And I even would hesitate to say like most Disney films that you can watch as an adult and still get something out of it. This is definitely meant to be a kid's movie. Yes. And trying to explain all these things at a kid level. And even then, I don't think it works. No. So... I'll get more into my issues with this, but yeah, this is, this is not a horrible film. This no. is not no. like last week mm-hmm. uh, with Norma the North, but this is definitely uh, yeah. it needs a script doctor. A little bit. This movie could have made it bit. out of bad movie month for me. If it had had a script doctor and cleaned some of mm-hmm. its issues, some of the story issues up, but yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, again, this is my, this is my first time viewing it. I he- heard about the trailer. I think I saw the trailer. It was like, eh, not really. Not my cup of tea. And then now who put this on the list? Did I, or you did? I did. Okay. Is, Cause that's the thing about the bad movie month this year. One got put on the list because Nathan was coming on and we right. kind of joked, Oh, well, if you want to come put me on the show for bad movie month, we, there is one we could do that has a giant octopus kaiju. That is true. So that didn't count against either one of us. True. And then, um, warriors of virtue was done mm-hmm. because, uh, we were having, uh, the Rushmore guys yes. on for that one. 
so technically the only movies we picked for bad movie month right. was norm of the north which was your pick mm. and i put on their strange magic and strange magic had been on the list i think since i scheduled out this far yeah because I think for a long time this was the only thing I had in Bad Movie Month yeah. besides possibly The Legend of the Titanic, but I was hesitant at the time. Right. But anyway, because we hadn't. That's the thing is when we fi- when we finalized the schedule before we started talking to Nate and the Rushmore guys, mm-hmm. we had like nothing planned that for this true. month, and we'd gotten behind. Yeah. Of course. Uh, but we are at least planned out through November now. So. Yeah, true. Which actually puts us out past puts us to the end of x-men yeah what we're going to pair with evangelion has yet to be seen yes we'll get there when we get there we got we got some time yeah but uh like drew said be like you first watch this film i'm like oh my gosh this is a beautiful film this is like Mm -hmm. cinematic well animated animated. great my gosh great cinematic scenes under like i said under normal circumstances this would not have made it in there yeah exactly and then you see characters and then you hear them talk Character and then you hear them sing. Are, character designs are not even that bad. No, it's they're not what I prefer. No, but they're not that bad. No, no, no. What what I'm referring to is be like, it's like some some of these characters are a little bit be like they're they're drawn very well. They're animated very well. It's just like a little bit of uh, uncanny valley in some capacities. But yeah, overall, be like this was a interesting film. I didn't necessarily like the film per se. I enjoyed the visual aesthetic of what I saw. Uh, would I recommend this film? That's a tough one. Would I recommend uh Strange Magic uh from Lucasfilm? Would I recommend that? I actively can't, hmm. but I I would say be like if if you want to see something that is done executed wise animation wise cinema wise done very well and you're just looking for visual candy to look at it's like this movie is there yeah but if you're looking for something that's got like a good story characters the whole enchilada this is not the movie for you so yeah all right then you ready to jump into the full review of this then yes all righty the following is a spoiler-filled review for the film Strange Magic. Listener discretion is advised. Mm-hmm. Strange Magic was written and directed by Gary Rydstrom, who directed the P- Pixar short Lifted. That's the alien abduction one that was released with Ratatouille originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to look it up because it's like okay. I recognized the name, but I could, didn't know where I recognized mm-hmm. it from. It was also written by David Garenbaum, Irene Mechie, and George Lucas. Yes. Cast, we've got Evan Rachel Wood as Marianne. And recently in Weird, the Al Yankovic story, she played Madonna. Oh, okay. I still need to watch this film because I don't have Roku channel. Yeah. So. And how big of a uh, Weird Al fan you are considering i know most of his songs by heart exactly go, go on a road trip with this guy most of them that's what you'll hear or, or, or go somewhere he with is them. the only artist that i actively follow ah. and will get all the albums songs unheard sometimes that's good sometimes it's not yeah, but anyway agreed 
Alan Cumming played the Bog King. Mm-hmm. And he played Kurt Wagner in X2. He did. AKA Nightcrawler. That's where I primarily knew him from. That's the only thing I recognize that he mm-hmm. did. He's, I, he's I, see, I saw Al, Alan Cumming and I was actually thinking of Jim Cumming. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, wait, Pooh Bear did this? No. No, that's not Pooh Bear. That's not Darkwing Duck. Exactly. Elijah Kelly was the voice of Sonny. Oh, Sonny. The elf. Yes. Oh, my gosh, Sonny. And in the movie Red Tails, he played Samuel Joker George. Really? Because the only thing I saw that Hmm. really had any impact. I gotcha. Meredith Ann Bull was the voice of Dawn. Hmm. And in an episode of Star Wars Rebels, she played a character named Goody Therese. And before you ask who that is, I don't know. Okay. It's Goody. one episode, and that was like the only thing on her entire thing besides Strange Magic that I recognized. She did wow. not have much to pick from. This was Fair. pretty much going to be her breakout role. And apparently only role. And, well, not only. She had other things. Oh, okay. But none of them were like the thing this this was the highest thing oh okay like this should this should have been the had had this movie succeeded this would have been her breakout role yeah the one that she'd be initially remembered for and then get hired on elsewhere right like um oh uh like well like star wars was for both kira knightley and kira oh yeah um i still want to say padme amidala that's not the actress's name Mm. uh Uh, natalie portman natalie portman in my defense, I had already said Kira Knightley, so I went to Padme because I get these two <laughs> ladies confused because of Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, Sam Palladio was the voice of Roland. Oh, and yeah, this Roland. guy's IMDb is even worse. All I found was Gunnar Scott in the television show Nashville. And this was the thing he, that was the most, like he had like over 200 appearances, hmm. over a hundred appearances. I don't remember how much it was, wow. uh, but like nothing else was hmm. like something I would have said stood out. Hmm. Um, Kristen Chenoweth yes. was the voice of the sugar plum fairy. Yes. And I was a little confused on this. Cause I, I, rec- I knew the name Kristen Chenoweth from like, I thought from a lot of things. Yeah. But there was when I was going through her her stuff, the only thing I recognized was Wicked from two thousand four. Yeah, where she, she was, played Glinda. Galinda. Glinda is how it's written. Yes, but you it's said Galinda. Either way. Yeah. Well, the character, and I'm think, I'm the character that's, changes her name in the middle of the play from Galinda to Glinda. I'm still guessing that this is the made the straight to DVD version of that recording of the play. No. That she she was the first Glinda. No, no, no. Yes. No, the what I what how it's credited in here. Oh, okay. I'm assuming she played the character in the Broadway version of the play. Yes. And that's the version that was recorded for the straight for TV, straight to DVD video. Because literally this was credited as wicked video, but it had the wicked uh poster on it. Oh, the logo on it. Okay. So that's interesting. Hmm. That is there because that's the thing is this is where I look it up. It does not actually give me Broadway credits. 
Oh, interesting. So that's why I wasn't sure if oh, she was the original actress oh, okay, okay. or I got you, got you, maybe got she was an understudy that happened to be in the night they recorded this. No, no. But either way, I know I've seen Kristen Chenoweth on other things, but nothing stood out of what I would have remembered her from. Yeah, she she's fairly prolific. Like she's done TV, she's done movies. Yeah, she's in like a lot of yeah. stuff. But anyway, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina is in this film. Was the voice of the Fairy King, aka oh. Fairy George Lucas. Lucas. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And he, he definitely looks like George Lucas. And he played Doctor Otto Octavius um, in Spider Man. Yes. Maya Rudolph huh. was the voice of Griselda, Bog King's mother. Huh. And she was Aunt Cass in Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. And Brenda Chapman played the imp. Oh, Brenda Chapman did? Yes. Oh. She is the uncredited singing voice of Miriam in uh, The Prince of Egypt. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes, how many Kingdom Hearts connections I have. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with a, maybe five. Lower. Three. Lower. Two. It's one. 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 Now, now, I will admit, I probably could have pulled more because there was some music ones. Mm-hmm. But I tend to only pull music ones if I have them and I have no actors. Got it. <laughs> Um, or if there's not any other, if there's not an interesting one in there, but Kevin Michael Richardson really the, was the voice of Brutus in this. Oh, okay. that was the uh, the big tank guy, the big tank guy, yeah, hanging around with what was apparently a girl fairy. Yeah, <laughs> my gosh, that no, no, Brutus was the girl fairy. No, he wasn't. Oh, it was the other guy, it was the other guy. Sorry, well, Brut- Brutus, because the other, because there, because the other one was like. You're a girl? What? You couldn't tell from my girlish figure? Actually, I couldn't. Oh my gosh, that was actually hilarious. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Okay, that was But yeah, he's Brutus in this, and in Kingdom Hearts, he was both, of course, Captain Gontu mm-hmm. from Lilo and Stitch originally. Yes. Because he's the original voice actor for that. Mm-hmm. And he played Sebastian. The crab, right? lobster but yeah well, no he is a crab yeah, he's a crab in my mind he's a lobster but he's a crab gotcha he does a pretty decent version of under the sea in kingdom hearts 2 okay fair enough fair enough and finny fun Finny. i need fun. to fin i need to start doing untangling kingdom hearts again so i can explain finny finny fun. fun okay this is gonna uh, be you know what let me just go ahead and give the quick version oh boy you know how in the part of Kingdom Hearts you saw me play? Yes. We had a whole world of, based on Little Mermaid that fought, you know, Heartless and stuff through there in three-dimensional space because you were swimming, and it was actually well done and kind of cool. Yeah. In Kingdom Hearts 2, for some reason, the Heartless have not gotten back to that world yet. Hmm. So it's been, uh, instead of it being a adventure world, it's all rhythm mini-games set to oh, no. set to music no now of course they do things like part of your world mm-hmm. they do uh under the sea mm-hmm. and uh kiss the girl mm-hmm. i don't remember how sora is involved with that one the more i think about it but i know that's one of the levels the the last one is the fight against ursula which 
there is no song against Urs when you're fighting Ursula, no, yeah. no musical. But they wrote a song, and it's kind of weird. And the but the only but it's actually well done. And the only weird line in there is she says something when she's referring to her uh, to the flotsam and jetsam, yes. where she calls them her little poopsies. Yes. But because they had to, because this was a mini game, and they had to introduce you to the mechanics mm -hmm. of this, they wrote a song called. I don't remember the name of it, mm. but it's bad. <laughs> and I, I I always call it Finny Fun because that's one of the lines in the songs. Like it's like I hate the song. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. And what's confusing is that uh after you beat all five of those levels, yeah, you do get a short interlude with Sora, Donald, and Goofy saying, "Oh, singing about how they're leaving." And apparently, Haley Joel Osment is not a singer, mm. which is hilarious considering Roxas is in this game, who is a Sora. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, and he's played by. A singer whose name has just completely left my mind. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Jesse McCartney. Jesse McCartney? Jesse McCartney. Okay. Interesting. He can sing. Yes, he can. He's, but he's not the one who gets to sing in this part. <laughs> wow. Just, so okay wow. back to where we were so yeah. that's all i've got for kingdom hearts connections what do we have in info and stuff info and stuff. all right so info and stuff it has an imdb score of 7.5.7 out of 10 you can watch it on disney plus because it came in with the lucas bundle when lucas film was bought by disney production this film was on a part of disney plus when disney plus launched yeah so this is a part of the initial batch. Yeah, exactly. It's been on the this film. Yeah, this lovely film. Either or, uh, production Lucasfilm, 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 uh, Lucasfilm Animation, which no longer exists. Sadly, uh, ILM, or also known as Industrial Light Magic, who were the ones doing the who made the they made the tools for yes Lucasfilm Animation. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. They're the ones who actually did the animation. Yes. Because Lucasfilm Animation was just a management company for Lucasfilm. Didn't know that. <sighs> Distributed by uh, Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Release date January 33rd. It was in the dump month, apparently of 2015 uh getting into the box office it's it ne does not give me a estimated budget so it, uh 70 to 100 million thank you according to wikipedia there we go uh it's opening weekend was 5.5 million dollars on january 25th 2015 it's u.s and canada gross was 12 million 12 million point five and it's international gross, $13.6 million. This movie stank. This was bad. This was bad. Very, very bad. All right, home release. Uh, Strange Did Magic this was, get a home release? It got a home release. Strange Magic was released by Touchstone Home Entertainment on DVD and digital on May 19th, 2015. 
Okay. So yeah, there's no sequels, there's no television series, there's no nothing because this movie tanked. It tanked. Unlike and Disney Norm- did not care. No. Unlike Norm of the North, which didn't do anything in theaters, it did a little. Well, and so- it's three freaking spinoffs. Because really? it made technically it made money. It did. Barely. It made money because they didn't put any in it. So anything they made was profit. Agreed. Agreed. But anyway, so that's all I have for an info stuff. Getting into the summary. Mm. A magical realm is divided between the fairy kingdom and the dark forest. When fairy princess Marianne sees her fiance, Roland, kissing another fairy on their wedding day, she vows never to fall in love again. In the dark forest. Uh The Bog King has the same view on love despite his caring mother, Griselda's protests. Marianne's sister, Dawn, and her elf friend, Sunny, are nearly devoured by a giant lizard before Marianne rescues them. After falling through the border and into the dark forest, Sunny finds a primrose petal and hides it. At the spring ball, Roland tries to win back Marianne, who arguably dri- angrily drives him away. Roland consults his warriors, who jokingly tell him to procure the love potion to woo Marianne. Roland then encounters Sunny, who has an unrequited love for Dawn. He convinces Sunny to venture into the dark forest to get the love potion, which they would both use on their respective fairies. Sunny goes back and finds the hidden primrose petal, and with the guidance of an imp, travels to the Bog King's lair, where the Sugar Plum Fairy has been held prisoner by the Bog King. Sunny finds the Sugar Plum Fairy, who agrees to make the love potion if Sunny promises to set her free. Plum's escape rouses Bog King, who recaptures her while Sunny and the imp escape. Sunny returns to the ball and tries to hit Dawn with the love potion. Bog interrupts the celebrations and captures Dawn just as she is sprayed by the love potion and the imp steals it in order to spread it throughout the forest. Bog orders them to deliver the potion to him by moondown or he will harm Dawn. Defying her father's orders, Marianne flies off after her sister while he grants Roland a small army to head off on foot to Bog's castle. No, Marianne doesn't defy, be like, defies orders, say it's not so. Dawn falls in love with Bog due to the potion, and Bog has her imprisoned for his own sanity. Marianne arrives and fights with Bog to return her sister. When she realizes the severity of the situation, the two of them begin to find common interests. When they consult Sugar Plum for an antidote, she explains that true love will negate the effects of the potion. A mutual attraction begins to develop between Marianne and Bog, but only Griselda sees it. Sunny recovers the potion from the imp and gives it to Roland as they march on to the castle. Bog sees this and suspects that Marianne has set him up, breaking his heart again as he leaves her stranded in a spider web. She escapes and joins in the battle taking place at the castle. Sunny frees Sugar Plum, Dawn, and the love-stricken forest creatures that the imp had hit with the love potion. In the escape, Bog holds the mouth of his den open long enough for everyone to escape. He survives to Marianne's relief, and Sunny reveals his true feelings to Dawn, and they kiss. Bog and Marianne finally admit their feelings for each other and kiss. I note that this uh, summary leaves out the final fate of Roland yes. because 
Roland hits Marianne with the love potion. She tricks him into thinking she's magically fallen in love with him just to punch him so hard he falls off into a hole and then the love potion goes out after obviously catching him in the face. And then at an after credit scene, we see that he and a fly, because of the potion, have fallen in love. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into the trivia for this. As stated earlier, the Fairy King is modeled after George Lucas. Yeah. Gut and all. The only guy who's fat in this entire film. That is true. And it's not just a playful pudginess. Yeah. No, he's just it a is big bowling guy. ball. Yeah, he's a huge guy. <laughs> and on a ferry, that's not nice. Uh, the Bog King's design was based on a praying mantis and a cockroach. Hmm. The sisters Marianne and Dawn have to have were to have long brown hair. But to save on animation costs, he was changed to Marianne having short hair and Don having blonde. George Lucas wrote this film because he wanted to make a fun movie and a musical. Hmm. He could have picked better music. George, speaking of which, uh, uh, that's that's not for a little bit. Sorry. George Luke. Hang on. Yeah. George Lucas describes the the story's main theme as the difference between infatuation and true love. Love is on the inside. This is a quote from him. Love is on the inside. It's somebody you have common ground with. It's someone you share the same values with, common interests. You share the things that will last you the rest of your lives, Mm -hmm. and what the person looks like will not. Hmm. The sisters Marianne and Dawn were named after the two Four Seasons songs of the same title, Hmm. one of which, Come On Marianne, was actually sung in the film. Okay, that's right. According to director Gary Rydstrom, the film is inspired by William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Fair. True. Inspired, yes. A romantic comedy involving misunderstandings and cross-purposes between different races. Mm -hmm. The fairy tales The Ugly Duckling and Beauty and the Beast and the films American Graffiti, anthology of stories, and Labyrinth, a quest undertaken by a female protagonist to save a sibling. I think he was just throwing names of movies at the door at that point. I think so. This is the third animated film produced by Lucasfilm after Twice Upon a Time in 1983 Mm -hmm. and Star Wars The Clone Wars in 2008. And it was the first distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Hmm. George Lucas back to your earlier point yeah. is a big fan of music mm-hmm. and spent five years with music supervisor Steven Gazinski whatever not Gazinski that's the bomber Gazicki choosing the right songs for this film he chose poorly he described it as an arduous task it you was think? like a Rubik's Cube he says when I went through it I had a million songs and had to narrow it down then as the years went on we kept narrowing it down in other words, you really didn't know what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. You could narrow it a little further. Probably got a little committee and got together and be like, "Hey, or let's put this or song. here's a wild idea. Pick your songs and write the story around them." Yeah, exactly. And get people who can sing. Some of them could sing. Some, some of them can't. Keyword. Yeah, can. According to Meredith Ann Bull, who saw Peter Stormare, uh, who plays Thang. That is the female one. Oh, that is Fang? That, that's Thang. Thang. Uh, P- 
Peter Stovemare chewed an entire pack of gum when he went to record the voice for Thang. Really? Yeah. When you see the toadstools whispering, this is actually accurate. Hmm. Fungi share an underground communication network. Mm-hmm. Fun. At one point, Marianne is practicing using a sword to block incoming fairies while blindfolded, mirroring Luke Skywalker doing the same thing with the re- training remote in Star Wars A New Hope. Yes. From the main voice cast, two actors had previously worked on Lucasfilm Productions. Elijah Kelly was in Red Tails, and Alfred Molina made his film debut in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. While the film is mainly influenced by William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, it contains homages to other Shakespearean works, Much Ado About Nothing, to love haters fall in love with fall in love with themselves, The Taming of the Shrew, Two Sisters, One Nice and the Other Abrasive are the principal female characters, and All's Well That Ends Well, a philandering suitor is the main antagonist. Mm. And that's all I've got for trivia. Got it. So, Jacob, what is your first like for this film? My first like would actually be the animation in this film because the animation by itself is gorgeous. Now, now for me, if if we took the like 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 I thought earlier this week, be like if I, if I was to recommend if I was to recommend this movie to most people, it would be. Uh, what I would recommend for most people now, granted, I'm halfway joking with this is put the sub the captions on and just hit mute and just watch it for the, the, the visuals, the visual storytelling is there again. That's what George Lucas is known for. And just the, the creativity of what puts into the world and the whole bit, just the visual storytelling, the visual world building and all that great stuff is done very, 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 very well. And uh, I, I I applaud this movie for what uh, ILM did with this. And it is just spectacular animation. And I, I wish the story would have been a whole lot better and it would have been a little more fleshed out and, you know, certain magical systems would have made more sense. Uh, but other than that, be like the animation is just gorgeous. Oh my gosh. So yeah, animation. That's my first like. I'm gonna have to go with you on that too, because the animation on this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some issues with textures in some cases. Yeah, agree. But I mean, for the most part, if this was uh, if the if the uh, uh, certain other aspects of this film were better than they actually are, yes, that I would kind of forgive. But the animation as a whole. I thought was beautifully well done. The character models look like they're absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The uh, transparency on Bog King's wings, since they are more mosquito like wings, Mm -hmm. I thought was done very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, all the character, even the quote unquote ugly characters in the dark forest, their designs were not especially disgusting, if that yeah. makes sense. They weren't pretty like the fairies were, yeah, of course, because there is supposed to be a difference, but it, it it really made it a lot easier to swallow how there's not really a, that neither side is the villain here. Yeah. That there's not a good side and an evil side. So, I mean, so the character designs and the animation in this, I think, worked brilliantly. 
Uh, what's your second like? My second like would be one character, the imp. Mm. I freaking when this character showed the imp up, really does seem oh. make it makes sense. You would really like the imp is what I'm trying to say because that seems like one of the characters you gravitate type, type of character you gravitate towards. Yeah, like fun, energetic. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, stitch. Yeah, he's a stitch. Literally, he is a you know experiment six two six seven. He's an imp, and uh, just the way like he acts, he behaves. He's very mischievous. He he wants the potion for some reason, and uh, just his wanting to guide. I want to call him Scout, but that's not Scout. Sunny. Sunny. I was close. It was an S word, S name. But Sunny to the uh the uh the potion master, whatever her name is. Sugar Plum. Sugar Plum. Thank you. I'm getting because she's the sugar plum fairy. Yeah, sugar plum fairy. Thank you. Um, but yes, be like this. I love this character once he popped up. Be like he he's got Sunny tied up, and it's just like, oh, this is gonna be fun. And like the entire time he's on screen, like, oh my gosh, just Give me more of this imp character. I love mm-hmm. this character to death. Be like he—he's the—he's the bright shining moment in the movie until they drop him, like a bad habit. Yeah. So I'll get into my dislikes later. But while the imp is on the screen, him being his funny, goofy, mischievous self, I—I uh, I enjoy that character to death, and uh, I really wish they would have, you know emphasize that more uh i like how one reviewer said that i wish they would have uh given him more backstory maybe mm-hmm. he had more connection with the sugar the sugar plum fairy or maybe he was cursed to be an imp or something like that i really wish they would have done that and maybe fleshed out this story a little bit more but this is what we got so the imp for the time the the uh, duration of the film he is in the film he is to me he is solid because there again i'm a huge fan of, huge fan of stitch right and he's a stitch like character mm-hmm. so yeah what are you there are several comedic bits in here that hit very well yeah agree. uh some of them involve the imp yeah a lot of them actually yes, involve the imp. exactly but to talk about one that does not involve the imp when Don gets hit by the uh, the, the love potion yes. and sees the Bog King uh-huh. and falls in love with him because of the magic, mm-hmm. every time she sees him, she sings Sugar Pie Honey Bun. Now, the first time this happens, this is yeah. like, okay, I kind of saw that coming. Yes. But there's the part when uh, Marianne uh, finally gets up to it and she's sh- and Bonking is showing what happened to her oh, sister. Oh my god! He opens the door and you don't even see Don. You just you open the door and you hear sugar pie, honey. But it's like full on, full on, like the whole arc, the whole song is playing. He opens it up just long enough and then closes the door again. And the music shuts off. And I that made me laugh. Oh yeah, it's like that is funny. That, that 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 is funny that was very um, there are a couple other instances especially involving the fact that he, well, well, the thing is bog king starts off you think he's just going to be the big bad villain yeah and then it has to do stuff to make you understand he's not really the villain he's just depressed yeah when you get right down to so the how 
done. He is with every single person in his kingdom is just kind of funny. Uh-huh. Uh, the, uh, Alan Cumming, who did this voice, yes. is, does such a good job he vocally. Does. Oh my gosh. Showing how I am just so tired of love potions mm-hmm. and love in general and all the idiots I work at that I'm stuck working with because somehow I am their king. I still want to know how that works. Mm-hmm. But it's like I, you just tell he's like he's so done with the world, and that, that actually is the only thing that helps me see him and Marianne as a couple, even though it ultimately falls flat because of the writing. Because mm-hmm. at least for a short minute during, before he sees her, sees uh, Sunny on the lizard, mm-hmm. I was starting to see the relationship. Yeah, it goes away because Bog King shifts gears way too fast he does. uh and there's a lot, a lot of too quick forgiveness that goes on in this uh-huh. so th- i i enjoyed those bits of the humor in this uh what's your third like so speaking of the bog king and marianne oh my gosh so speaking of the bog king and the bog king and marianne be like mary not marianne don no bog king and What's the thing chicks do character's name? Marianne. Marianne. Yeah. Marianne. The one that was in love had was gonna have yes. the wedding at the beginning yes, and thank then you. thank you. Go and then goes evil. Not evil, but no, I mean, she, goes I hate love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Marianne. So Marianne be like Marianne the Bog King, be like that that love dynamic of who they are, because you have this quote unquote the bad guy in the main heroine of the story. You know falling in love with each other you don't see that a whole lot be like you see very rarely because most writers are not willing to you know put that in their story sometimes they do you see it a lot more in anime than mm-hmm. you see in western films uh but but uh yeah someone please clip that that was hilarious but um but uh i i love the the uh they they kind of break the as i call it in my notes the the status quo uh like who who you're supposed to fall in love with uh so this is a very interesting dynamic i don't agree that it works i don't think it would work uh definitely from a uh like a romantic or uh personality wise they're 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 mm-hmm. too close to you know being the same character uh but i'll, I'll get that to in a few minutes my dislikes but i i love the 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 shift in dynamic of the 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 main heroine and the main villain falling in love with each other i was like okay bravo that's a good idea that was a very good idea i thought it was very well done in some capacity but i think it falls short like drew said earlier because of the writing and how they write both of these characters they're, they're way too be like they're too cross-pollinating way too much to actually you know because there again, me and my now fiance be like, yes, we have certain things that we 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 like. We be like our faith and other things like that that kind of connect there. But it's way too there. There's way too much of this going on when we're coming to a relationship. There has to be different things you like, yeah, and you're willing to do things. And it's just like they're way too much alike. But I'll get into that my dislikes later. But I, I like the the that they that they they break the status quo like i said before and put the villain and the main and protagonist together as a couple i thought it was a bear it was very bold writing in in, in some capacities mm-hmm. so yeah that's my third like 
My third like for this was what I like to call the music video moments oh, of yeah. the film. Yeah. There's two big ones. Yeah. Uh, near the beginning, when uh, she's still getting married to Roland, mm-hmm. and they do that. Uh, I, I she's on one side of the screen, mm-hmm. he's oh, on the other, oh, and yeah, they're yeah, going yeah. around. And I love uh, that they're going oh around gosh. the. Uh, I mm-hmm. guess it's a leaf or yeah. a piece of grass. And how it's shifting between them as it's going to either side because it's not lined up. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple. I actually had to rewind part of that to see. I because I had a hard time actually seeing the transition between her mm-hmm. and him when they're crossing in front. Yes, because it's like I know there has to be. I don't know if it's a straight line or if there's like a quick morph or something. Mm-hmm. But and I think it. I, I don't think I was able to actually make a decision on how they did that. Mm-hmm. I think it was a straight line edit that would make mm-hmm. the most sense. Yeah, but. That there looked great. And then at the very end, the kaleidoscope uh, visuals. Yeah. Even though after a couple of minutes, it's like, move on. Yeah, please. We're done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the way that was set up, and, and part of the reason they kept doing it was because they were going through every character like it was. Okay, so mm-hmm. one of the big things that pops up in a lot of these animated movies that we review, both yeah. good and bad, is the dance party ending. Yeah. Technically, this does not have a dance party ending. Yeah, I agree. But I think the kaleidoscope is supposed to be the dance party ending. Yes. In in essence, mm-hmm. because you kind of get the feeling that you're supposed to be seeing names of the actors playing the parts on each one of the screens, but it's going yeah. too fast for the uh for uh the lawyers and the <laughs> to be happy with the credit light. Yeah. So that's why we get uh, yeah, get. I think we even get it at the end. Yeah, or we, we yeah we get the 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 longer credits with the, at the end, but it's not. But it's just showing like two D images. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the effect looked cool, and at the time, I was like, okay, this looks good at the beginning, and then it kept going. Yeah, and kept going, and kept going. It drags on. It's like oh. Okay, you don't have to show every character in this if you're not actually going to be giving me names of actors. And besides mm. that, this is the first time we've seen the imp since he got since since the Sunny got the potion back from him. Yeah, is at this point. So it's like, okay, but the but it looked good. Yeah, for the most part, it just went on too long. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, that's the end of my likes. All right. What's your first dislike for this? My first dislike, like I said, my second like, I love the imp. They drop way too many freaking plot points in this. Oh, movie. oh yes. my gosh. So you you have the Primrose story. Like you think that's gonna be a really important story through the entire line because it's the first thing they bring up, really. Nope, it's dropped. Well, that's part of the love potion thing, which does kind of go all the way to Kind of. it, it, it goes until the imp steals the love potion. Yeah, that's it. And, and then uh, once Sonny gets the love potion back from the imp, it kind of disappears until Roland brings the potion back at the end and yeah. tries to hit Marianne with it one last yeah. time. Yeah. So, and then you have the imp story. You have the imp be like, he's be like, he pops in, he's helping Sonny out in a way, and he's very mischievous. He's like, I love this character. And then be like by you know about the mid part of the film where Sonny finally gets the the uh, the love potion back from the imp and the imp just goes gone 
because it would have been great to see him throughout the things. Maybe he helps up with here, mm -hmm. here, 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 because he's such a great character. You drop him like a bad habit in the middle of your story. You don't even let him be an extra. Yeah, exactly. And like, unless you count the very end with the kaleidoscope, which I don't be like, I don't count that because you're just like reusing animation. Yeah. It, it was just so, it was so insufferably irritating when, when you drop a really good character because they're going to be like, you can put him more and more into this film. Be like, what? Be like, did they not view this film to other people and show, be like, hey, the imp's actually a nice character. We want more of this character. But I think to some degree they did because they were going to look like they were going to leave the imp there. And then at the last minute, it's like the writers decided, oh, people like the imp. Let's not give him a bad ending. Yeah. We'll let him run off with the guys but then you don't actually see what happens to him no, after that you don't. so there, there's other little aspects of here and there where the, where the story kind of just goes flip, just drops drops little plot points and it's like okay or um oh what was it where uh marianne is i'm saying this right marianne yeah marianne yeah marianne is be like she she is she's tired of love because her her uh her fiance cheated on her and now all of a sudden she knows how to fight. She knows how to fight. There's no buildup or anything. Well, there's 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 a little training mon montage, a little I, bit, but the, it, so it comes out of nowhere. The it's thing like, okay. is, I, this is my only defense. Yeah, we do not actually know how much time passed between the yeah. wedding and when Sunny and Dawn are conspiring. Yes, so time could have past enough that she mm -hmm. could have gotten pretty decent with a sword yeah if she what didn't already have like some training before that point yeah but it's never, I mean, never she's told. royal but so yeah. I, I could see some yeah but uh they're using the excuse of we're a we're in a song so we can get away with time compression and sure. it's only really important the, the song is conveying what's important to the story it doesn't really yeah. matter how much time passed that's we'll get more into that in a moment. yeah but either or be like it's 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 the uh the uh drop points especially mm. when they just drop the imp and the imp I, I, to me i love the imp and i was like why did you drop him right and it's just it, it was such a just like be like you're halfway through the film and it's like the imp's gone he never comes back i'm like i was crushed i was like but he's the best character in the movie why would you drop him and i was like locas what were you thinking anyways so yeah that was my 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 first was the imp got dropped and it was just it irritated i know why the imp drop got dropped because he's a donut talker like a like a jar jar binks he was better than jar jar <laughs> misa i agree with you on this <laughs> but at least jar jar be like he showed up in the end and got more parts that's true yeah exactly poor imp because like oh we're done with your plot. Boop, drop. <laughs> they okay. My first dislike for this. Okay. Maybe connected, maybe not. Maybe. I am in general not a fan of the jute box musical. Granted, I do like musicals. I've yeah. been in a couple musicals. Right. Uh I understand how musicals are written sometimes, and sometimes, yes. 
the songs yeah. can be used as cheats mm -hmm. to move past a complicated story bit that you can't really get away with with just dialogue. Yes. The problem I normally have with jukebox musicals, mm -hmm. and this movie puts a magnifying glass on that, is that the songs were not written for the movie. Yes. They were written for the radio. So they are not really written for the way this goes. Yeah. So they will bring in a song sometimes where it's like, oh, how are they working this song in yes. for this? And it's like they well, like um when Roland starts not Roland, yeah, Roland mm -hmm. starts singing Hey Mary Ann. Granted, I don't know the original song because I that's before my time. Yeah. But I it's that. literally there long just so he can say Hey Mary Ann. Yeah. To try and convince her, and I'll, and then she's saying, I don't remember what song she was singing because it was kind of a back and forth thing, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, come on, Marianne, come on, Marianne, eh, it kind of worked, and then she was singing. Uh, oh, I remember she was singing a uh, uh Kelly Clarkson, a Kelly song. Clarkson song. What makes uh, you, uh, what makes doesn't you kill strong, you makes you makes you stronger. stronger. And it's like, okay, George Lucas. You, this was not in your original list. I know it wasn't because the song didn't exist in your original list. I know it wasn't written for this movie because it came out just a couple years before this movie came out. Mm -hmm. Enough that I know it wasn't written for you. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, and it doesn't fit with that's that is actually the biggest problem here with this jukebox mm -hmm. musical. The songs are not written for it. No. And part of the way you can tell is that. All the songs in this are different genres. Yes, they are. Completely different genres. Yes, you can have different genres in your film, but in your movie for the music, but it should feel cohesive. Yes, agreed. I do not need an army of fairies marching to ba 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 and you're going bad romance. That's bad romance. Yeah. What the heck? Uh, on the nose a little, are you, George? A little. Uh, plus, and that's the thing is, the, the minute you do that, it takes me out of the film. Yes. Now, granted, there are some movie, some jukebox musicals that actually do this very well. Yeah. Because uh, it fits what they're going for. Moulin Rouge is the biggest one that that comes to my mind. Yeah. But that is it's that movie better. is is intentionally surreal yeah. enough that the fact that modern stuff is invading the film mm -hmm. makes a strange kind of sense. It does. This I have no reason why no no way of understanding why any of these characters would know any of these songs. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if we're in a if if he, if this fairy hollow where the fairy kingdom in the dark forest are i don't know if this is like in a fantasy kingdom with you know like frodo and all them running around mm -hmm. or narnia or if this is like a park a, a central park in mm -hmm. new york city this could go either way and agreed and there's if and, and it's like if it was a central park I could get that. I was like, okay, I know why they know these songs. Yeah. Because they would have heard them. Mm -hmm. Probably incessantly. Probably. But because we have no idea where the optimal setting, the, the overall setting really is, 
I'm forced to go with they are singing these songs randomly and you're expecting me to to like you expect me to work it the same way I would a normal musical. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This is not like Fiddler on the Roof where they're like because the thing is a regular music like Fiddler on the Roof. They are express in the songs they are expressing the thoughts going through their minds. Yeah. This they're kind of just randomly going into songs that kind of sorta have something to do with the story at that time. Yeah. Very vague connections. Yes. It. I know. I know jukebox musicals can work. I've seen it work. And I know this is probably something that doesn't mess with some people like it does me. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some people who hate the fact that it's a musical period because they don't understand why anyone would burst into song randomly. But this is the worst kind of jukebox musical where mm-hmm. I never, it, it so takes me out of the film completely that I can't even that I get distracted by things going on in the real world. Yeah. Easily. Fair. There are plenty of times I was looking at my phone during this movie and it was the songs that was taking me out of it. Yeah. Agreed. Cause in most cases they're not even doing the job that the songs and musicals are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But that anyway, what's your second dislike? Mine is the exact same thing. The, the choice in music because there can be like, you have some really, really good music in this movie. It's like, but it's just like poor. Let me like, it's like there you have some people who can actually sing and mm-hmm. others who can't. I think like Marianne, yeah, Marianne cannot sing. She cannot sing. Be like she, her she, rendition of Wild Thing. Oh my god, made me want to shut the movie off. That was so cringy, so cringy. But there can be like selection of music. Be like, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at a, a, a shot list of everything they use. But like, uh, you can't help falling in love. Uh, that originally song was an Elvis Presley song, and it's just done so weirdly. It's like, uh, what song was it? Uh, give me a moment. Um, it's like, like they 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 select me like like weird country songs for our, our because our, they were just picking love songs. They were just picking love songs. So of course, time. there's country songs in there. It's like yeah. half the list of a of a of what shows up in country. Yeah, but overall, be like. It's like you're not dealing with bad songs. They're just they are chosen poorly for different scenes because mm-hmm. they're gonna be like you. You take uh, Moulin Rouge and be like, be like you're interjecting into a period piece, right? And but it's done very well because you're dealing with very capable singers. This yeah. isn't, and it's just the, the way maybe they arranged it, maybe the way it was performed. Most of the times, the way it's performed, it just like takes you out of the movie. And gives you just kind of this whiplash, like what in the world are they playing this song for? And it just it was it was headache inducing in some cases. It's like you 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 get the Bog King and he gets uh give me a second. Uh I think he's got our misery, he's got trouble, he's got uh mistreated, which are all like you know, classic rock songs, and I'm like I'd be like, it's cool. He comes up and be like every song he does. Like it's a, it's a, it's a rock song from like, you know, the, mm-hmm. like the 50s, 60s, 70s be like, those are great songs, but not for the Bob King. He's like, it's, it's more telling me like, Oh, how miserable I am. Be like how troubled I am. And it's, I get that. But same time, be like hire people to write music for your movie. 
and be like or, maybe reference these movies these songs in some capacity in your songs or something like that but write original stuff this yes. just drives me nuts but i have again, to say i do not blame the music supervisor for this yeah uh what was his name um uh what I want to Steve, say Steve Gazitsky. Gazitsky. However you say your name. Yeah. Sir. I'm sorry, sir. Yeah. I do not blame you for the musical choices in this. I blame George. Because the music in this seems like a, a George Lucas decision. Yeah. That kind of got bulldozed into yes. the film. It's like uh well, it's like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Maybe a good character. Maybe you could do something interesting, but it's kind of shoved in there, and you kind of get the feeling nobody really wanted him, uh, or just different things that, that Star you always see in a Star Wars film that just seems yeah. that's an odd choice to put in these things. It feels like that. Yeah. Okay. It's like uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars being filmed out of order. Yeah. Or being released out of order so that. If you really want to understand what's going on, to you have to look up on Star a list mm -hmm. of the episodes in chronological order, so you can actually under see, see the war from beginning to end. Yeah. Instead of just you see one episode where it's, they're doing this thing, and then it takes twenty episodes to get to the continuation of that story. Yeah. Because they were trying to fill time. Yes. Uh, it feels like that where he's mm -hmm. just kind of bulldozing an idea and he likes it. Everyone just said, okay, yeah, you're George Lucas. We'll do that. Mm -hmm. Really does feel like that's how the music choices are in here. We're Agreed. done. Now, granted be like going through this. Let's actually be like, like I can't have up by the four tops. Mm -hmm. Be like, now I got that song stuck in my head. The original song, yeah. not the song they were, you know, intending to use with this film because it's like ear piercing at the time. But yeah, the, the choice of music in this movie they're again done by original amazing artists back in the back mm -hmm. in the day. They're great. If you haven't listened to some of these these songs before, maybe it's the first time you've heard this. Like go back and find them like on you know Apple Music or Amazon Music or something like wherever you listen to music. Be like, go find these songs and enjoy them because they are a blast to listen to originally. But not in this movie. Not in this movie. Like there, there's some things that work, but then the majority was just like, what in the world are you thinking? That's the music selection is just like baffling to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my second like. My second dislike for this film is gonna have to be you're gonna hate me. No, I nearly said I nearly said something else. Uh, my second dislike for this film is the writing. Okay. This thing goes mm -hmm. from scene to scene to scene. It does. And the scenes don't always feel like they're no. connected. Agreed. Uh, the main villain of this piece is Roland, yes. right? Yes. Roland is the main villain. He is in the first half of the film mm -hmm. and then disappears yes. until the end. Yes. He's still there because his, his, uh, army is still marching to bad romance but uh, and he is Gosh. physically on screen but he's not doing anything yeah agreed he isn't the imp like we said just disappears at one point yeah. the uh the sugar plum fairy 
gets stuck in that prison cell far too much. Yeah, agreed. Because you know, we see her there when when uh Sonny's looking for it. He gets her out, she gets locked back in. Mm. They you get another part where, oh yeah, I'll let you out, and then they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not till the very end where they let her out. So it's like I don't care about the sugar plum fairy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But if she's this powerful, there shouldn't be anything the Bog King can do to keep her locked up yeah. in there. I'm sorry. There really shouldn't be. So the logic of this film just goes mm-hmm. right out the window. You brought up magic earlier and how yeah. the magic system in this does not work. Yeah. That's because there's no logic in how this works. The magic okay granted most of the magic is just stuff that happens and you're supposed to expect the only magic they explain is the fact that you need a primrose petal Mm -hmm. to make a love potion the love potion is as as powerful as you can get yeah and it will affect anybody without hesitation unless they are truly in love with somebody else yeah how did Don get um, hit by the magic po- the magic potion and fall in love with Bog King? Because her eyes were covered. Be like, no, 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 no. Hold on, explain that more. Here's my point. Okay. If she ha- okay, I mean, let me explain it differently. I can see how maybe she wasn't in love with Sunny when she got hit. Yeah. And yet despite the fact she is under the control of the love potion mm-hmm. and has no way of seeing past it. And yes, maybe her heart, her, because of her infa- uh, infatuation because of the love potion of the bog King. And mm-hmm. she sees the bog King as far as we can tell. Yeah. Die. Yeah. Maybe that was just enough of a wedge that her true self could may break through and then somehow fall in love with Sunny. Yeah. Which doesn't make it doesn't make sense. sense. There should be she's either in love with Sunny at the beginning and doesn't realize it, yeah. in which I personally believe the love poster should not have worked on her based exactly. on the rules shown in this film. Exactly. Or somehow she broke the rules to fall in love with somebody else, which why would the love potion be weak enough? To even let you develop a relationship enough with anybody else for it to break. Exactly. That does not make sense. And there's there's another thing. It's like when like even uh Marianne explains be like, oh, she's a, she's a lovesick teenager. Be like, oh, she's yeah, gonna well, fall in love with anybody. You see, she's in love with and, and it is definitely an infatuation type love. Yeah, agreed. She's not really in love with all these guys. No. And you can kind of tell, and, and Grant, you can see from the beginning that Sonny is in love with her. Yes. So he's a creep though. Well, yeah, he's an elf. Uh <laughs> no, I I mean he's he he's obviously like the the grungy guy that no one would expect a high society girl like Dawn to want to go out with. Yeah. And he kind of acts like the, the alley street, the alley cat kind of, he kind does. of a character. He does. So eh, fair enough. He's probably, an, he's an alley cat with a heart of gold. Yeah. Kind of. Basically. Yeah. He basically wants, uh, Sunny or, or, uh, Dawn to fall in love with him. Right. So, so he, he makes a deal with Roland be like, Oh, I'm going to get this potion but, for, for, uh, but here, for here's, Dawn can fall here's, in love with here's the point I'm getting at. 
every single other person besides mm-hmm. Don. Yeah, Don's really the only one that, that gets to break the rule. Every yeah. other person who breaks the rule of the love potion or that gets hit by the love potion and becomes under its sway completely, as we see, yeah. she's the only one that gets to break it. The love potion is so powerful mm-hmm. that it overrides the instincts of a wild animal to eat its prey. I am referring to the lizard who constantly at the beginning of this film is trying to eat Sunny. Yeah. It gets the imp hits it with the love potion and all of a sudden it's as friendly as can be. Yeah. How does that work? If it's that powerful to override the instincts to make a predator instantly fall in love with its food, mm-hmm. then it should automatically just. Like, then why could Dawn break the spell by Why could Dawn break enough away from the spell to fall in love with somebody else to fully break it? Or even Marianne, when she got, you know, powdered with it. Oh, by that point, she already was in love with him and yeah, everyone knew it. Yeah, but also be like looking at this whole thing, be like, it's so strong enough to break. Well, a, that's a true pre- love. A that's, predator, a predator going after its prey to stop that. that be that's, like, but love, uh, true love is a different emotion, according to. Uh, yeah, uh, in, in class, according to this film. Yeah. The logic of this film is that true love can override the love potion. Yeah. She was at that point, according to the story, yeah, truly in love with the Bog King. So the love potion yeah. can't affect her. I agree with her. Dawn was not in love enough with Sonny for the uh, true love to come into play. Hmm. She didn't truly fall in love with Sonny until the end of the film when after, quote-unquote, Bog King is killed. He's not killed, obviously, yeah. but anyone looking at this would think he's dead yeah. and not coming back. Yeah. She somehow, that's... If that can it can weaken the spell enough that she can then fall in love with somebody else, Sugar Plum Fairy lied. Yeah. If Sugar Plum Fairy even knew about it. Yeah. But it's never explained how that worked. Yeah. And that's just one logical fallacy in this. The Bog King says he destroyed all the primrose flowers. Yeah. Before the film. Mm. Yet there's one around. Yeah. Now, granted, because of the idiocy of some of his minions, Mm -hmm. I could see how they'd miss one. Mm -hmm. But as much against love as love potion as he probably was, yes. How on earth was there any primrose anywhere around there? Agreed. That could have regrown enough in time. Granted, plants probably can come back a lot faster, Mm -hmm. and they could have already been a seed. And we honestly do not know how much time passed from when. The love potion didn't work for him because the love of his life was already in love with somebody else, truly in love with somebody else. And this point in time, but Uh still it's, there's too many logical fallacies that I can't sweep under the rug there. So yeah, that's my second dislike. Is it the second dislike or is this third? No, this is the second. This is my second. That's my second. It's like too many logical fallacies. Yeah. 
my third dislike is the exact same thing because you have this magic system that does not work. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, like it's very poorly. It's explained very well, but it's broken so easily because yeah. they're like Drew just explained it so incredibly well, probably better than I can explain it. So you have be like you're you're getting all this lore set up to how the love potion works. It's the main premise of the story. The first thing we hear about in this movie and you have be like, if someone is dusted with the blood, they'll, they'll instantly fall in love with each other. But if they're if they're if they're if that person's heart is set towards another in true love, it won't work. But then be like, in, in my mind, you have Don who, like Drew said, possibly like is like does have feelings for. Sunny, Sunny, thank you. Is in love with Sunny, just doesn't know it. And there again, that's kind of hard when you don't realize you're in love with somebody. You know, being someone who is in love, uh, it's kind of hard not to. Because yeah, obviously, um, Sunny is in love with her, kind of. I think he's just more of a creep. But just the way the way he goes about everything, just, he's just, I, I th he's he's definitely a creep. I he is a creep, but I do think he is truly in love with Don. He just goes about it. In the, creepily. in the wrong way but uh so be like we're set up with this whole thing of like oh because uh i think just the the system itself is broken for the simple fact that we have dawn who when she gets dusted by the powder dusted by the magic and she falls in love with the fog king but then we discover later that she's actually in love with sunny so to me, it doesn't really work. And like Drew said, we kind of in that same pattern. Uh, I, I think if you, if you, someone, if you have a, a fondness or a love for somebody, be like, even when the Bob King explains it, that it's like, yeah, I think the system itself is broke. Be like, if, if they would have given more of the, be like, be like, maybe if they could have just be like, this is a very overpowering or some, I'll be like, it's, it's just, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Let's just, let's just break it down to more simple terms. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Definitely. It's, it's broke. It's a broken system. Like Drew said. So yeah, it's just broke. It's broke. It doesn't work. And be like, there, there are far more capable movies that use love potions. I think Harry Potter does one far better. Yeah. Um, in book or six. Yeah, when it, when it explains mm. what happens when you conceive a child through that mess. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Be like it's, it's very powerful. It's well thought out. Yes. And how this it, isn't. This is not. No, this isn't. This is more like oh, it's his love potion number nine. Why? I'm surprised we didn't hear love potion number nine in yes, this. Yes, which I'm very surprised. But. And uh, so, and love system, and you know, kind of a caveat to that: the the characters who fall in love with each other doesn't work because there again who I'm, is marianne and the bug king but like there again when i first okay we're getting into my third dislike yes exactly we're kind of pairing off each other which is a good which is good for uh co-host yes but when you are when you have two characters who are falling in love with each other be like most of the time they're not gonna have the same thing i think um uh, a way be like it worked but it didn't work you have going back to Harry Potter, you have Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. Be like, the thing was Rowling, JK Rowling, I said her name. If you don't like it, tough. 
J.K. Rowling at first glance be like, this is what I'm going to do. These two characters are falling in love. And so they, they, these characters are so adversarial towards each other in the entire time. And, but by the, by the end of the books, they're fault. They're madly in love with each other. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, there again, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not technically a heart. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm very much a harmony shipper, but, but I just, I just don't think it works. Even rolling yourself said doesn't really work, but in this movie, it doesn't work anyway because you have two characters who are too similar. Their 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 life experiences are crossing over each other, and they're just falling in love. They're you know quote unquote falling in love with each other because they have similar interests or similar traumas, or something like that. But if if it's like you're talking about a true you know true love, but like you're talking about two characters that have some things that are very similar, like me and my fiance, we have similar things that are alike, but we have very different interests very different mm-hmm. perspectives on things so with that be like you build with each other you'd be like you're, you're building with each other with these two characters they're cross across cross and they're going to separate it's it's if we're, if we're talking fictional love fictional love this does not work for these two characters like yeah you can have characters who fall in love with each other but eventually they're probably going to break up because mm-hmm. there's there's no real connection there. All they have is like past experiences and their their hurts and that kind of stuff. Because those hurts are going to to bite you in the butt. So to me, the love dynamics do not work in this movie at all. So there again, broken system. That's my third dislike. Let me break it down for you. Look, my look, look, third look. dislike for yeah. this film. Okay, as you kind of stated, but I'm going to word it differently. Okay. Is that this film doesn't actually understand what love is. Okay, it makes more sense. And I have to say it that way because this is all about this movie. The entire point of this movie mm-hmm. is to show love. Yes. It agree. shows oh my gosh. one kind of love. Yes. And that is romantic love. Yes. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. As you stated, and I agree. Marianne and Bog King are not going to be a a marriage that lasts for a long time. Right. Because all they have in common is a couple of past experiences mm-hmm. and the fact that they have been, they, they both went gothic or emo, basically. Yeah, they, 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 they have similar traumas yes. in their lives. I could see that becoming, blossoming into a friendship. Yeah. Because, you know, here's a funny thing world uh guys and girls can actually just be friends yeah exactly. with each other yeah friendship is not a step towards romantic and then sexual mm-hmm. love it does not work that way they are different things mm-hmm. i am friends with jacob's fiance mm-hmm. ashley yeah i have no uh fascinations at all ever Thanks. With getting to this, have have the same type of relationship Jacob has with her. I know that's that that was never going to happen. Yeah, we're friends. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I have never felt the way about her that Jacob does. Right. I have a different relationship with her exactly than Jacob does. We all have different dynamics. Right. 
And the problem is, and this is actually a problem with society in general. Yeah, I agree. We don't understand love no, and assume that all love is slowly heading towards exactly things that are best not described on this podcast. Exactly. Because we are a family-friendly show. Exactly. So here's the thing. Don and Sonny, they actually, I think, are closer to the romantic kind of love because they have had, but they have actually had a relationship. Yeah. That admitted that was a, kind of similar. I say similar in t- in type, not in how it was acted yes. out, as uh, Wesley and Buttercup in at the beginning of Oh yeah, Princess Bride. Yeah. Servant and kind of master, but the master slowly falling in love with the servant, and the servant yes. always loved her. Yes. They're not really master-servant in either situation. Right. It's just that's the easiest way I can describe what's going on. One's the boss, one's the underling, yeah. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that can, as time goes on, blossom into that sort of relationship, especially uh, when a person realizes that this other, that when the uh, the character who has not been paying attention to the love blossoming between them suddenly realizes that Mm -hmm. the character that she is now falling in love with has been by her side and constant for years Mm -hmm. and that he's really the person she's been looking for this whole time that has happened Mm -hmm. but uh so that relationship i can see i can't see bog king and marianne because here's the thing how long have they known each other outside of a passing uh from a distance like political professional kind of a relationship because yeah. i'm assuming marianne technically being the princess of this kingdom mm-hmm. has probably been a part of diplomatic functions that would have included the bog king yeah, very into very antagonistic right they have a professional relationship at best before this and he and because they happen to empathize with each other mm-hmm. according to this film that means they're falling in love yeah agreed it doesn't work that way. Sure. I can say they're falling in love, but the love I'm referring to here is not romantic love. Mm. It's friendship. It's commiseration over how crappy their lives, exactly. the events in their lives have been. Exactly. You know, it's a funny thing. Friendship, love, the love of friends mm-hmm. is a thing that happens. This film acts like it doesn't exist yeah. because how many actual friends do we see in here? Not many. The closest, most of the friends you can that we see in here, they're also have a other relationship. Don and Marianne are technically friends. They're also sisters. Yeah, it, it's they a, have a, a sisterly love. Yeah, it's a between the two. Love. Yeah, that familiar, familial love. Familial That's what love. you said. Yeah. Familial. Um, so they get that part. Yeah. Just they get, to they get, get the 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 father daughter yeah, relationship. They get, they get, they get the 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 mother son relationship down pretty well but they're not thinking of those as love when they are because in their minds love is romance yeah love is what you do to get to wedding Mm -hmm. that's not love no it's not if that's if that is love you will get divorced yeah exactly. because you will not be able to live with that person after a while i am saying this as a single man who has never been on a date Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know this, and I've not even been in a situation where I can use this knowledge. <laughs> yeah, because that—that's the thing. It's like when when you, because using that dynamic to 
be like, oh, because they have some kind of connection that means they're in love with each other. That means that this X, Y, Z. That it doesn't mean that. It may mean friendship, yeah. at least. It does not mean romance. Yeah, exactly. And certainly doesn't mean it should go farther than romance. Exactly. So there again, we have this culture that is so heightened on, it's like, oh, these two characters, these people have a connection. Oh, they must be in love. Oh, they must be doing this. Oh, they must be you know, this, wanting to get married or you know, I, whatever. I, I really feel like this was written by people who, hey, Grant, the Bog King and Marianne relationship yes. feels like it's supposed to be similar to the Sam Diane relationship from Cheers. Yeah. Here's the problem. It doesn't match that relationship in the slightest. No, it doesn't. Because Sam and Diane were polar opposites who worked together for years and actually were closer to Dawn and Sonny. Yeah, agree. Than they were Bog King and Marianne. They are just angry and then they find someone who finally understands their thought and yeah. they think, oh, that means it's true love. Yeah. No. no. Oh my gosh. No, they are friends at best. And, and yes, by that logic, I do mean Marianne should have been underneath the control of the love spell at the end of this. Exactly. Because the tr I say that because I'm, I'm calling all this love yeah. because it's different kinds of love. And yes, the other part about this, logically, it doesn't say what kind of love breaks the love potion. Yeah. It says true love. It just says true love. Yeah. You know who had true love? Elsa and Anna in Frozen. Yeah, because they're sisters. They're sisters. They're, they love each other that much. Yes. And I would like to quote a line from that movie to explain why this relationship is not going to work between Bog King and Marianne. Mm -hmm. You can't marry somebody you just met. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Queen Elsa. So here, here's the example. You thought Frozen wasn't good for anything. Exactly. So here, here's a record from me for a guy who's now engaged with the woman that I love to death. Because uh, they are going to be like, according to Ashley, my fiance, be like, she, she knew I was the one, you know, years before. Because apparently women have that instinct. They're again, I'm a guy. I don't understand that. Because for me, it took a couple of months. It took like six, seven, eight months for me to understand or to come to that point that I'm, I'm falling in love with this woman. Mm -hmm. Because be like, it takes that kind of time, dedication to get to know somebody, work through your own issues, that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I do that. Be like, by a year, I realized I was in love with her. Mm -hmm. So there again, some people be like, it takes a couple I mean, of months. It takes a couple of months. I mean, by I, the I'm, time you finally made that decision, mm -hmm. we were both saying, will you just announce you're a couple already? Yeah. I nearly broke your trust you by did. saying it on the show before it started. You and did. we had to backtrack. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That and because you hadn't officially come to this decision yet. No, no, like there. And yeah, the minute you said I offered to give you a ride to the bowling alley with yes. the singles group, mm -hmm. and you said, "Oh, I'm riding with Ashley." My first thought was, "Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They're dating, <laughs> aren't they?" But Fair. I'm seeing it from the outside. Exactly. I was seeing it from the outside. Yeah, exactly. I understand why you may not yeah. have seen it. Because they're gonna be like for me, like I, I I take my time with things, be like yeah. I marinate over things, I pray over it, and that kind of stuff. Which but, is a good thing. Which actually. is a good thing because they're gonna I mean, be, you don't want to jump into something you don't, be like you don't fully understand, and you want to have the full knowledge and weight of everything, what you're doing, the magnification of it. So with with these two characters, like you quoted from Frozen, it's like you can't just fall in love with you know in this case, um, like you know the the course of a a night, like, yes. that doesn't work. 
Like, yeah, but like you see it in Hollywood all the time, but it doesn't really work if you take it down to his brass tacks. And, and that's I, not the way this works. And that's how any of this works. And uh, I would like to point out that th all this being George Lucas's idea, George Lucas is a divorced man. Yeah, he Which, doesn't understand love enough to to and to to even keep his marriage going permanently. Yeah. Uh, well, he is remarried. Now. He is remarried. Yes, yeah. not to the same, not to the woman he was married to before. No. no. But uh, and so maybe he is in a better spot now. Yeah. But if he thinks you can just come to a relationship like this, if this is how maybe he met his first wife, maybe. I'm guessing. I don't know, George. Forgive me for making assumptions. <laughs> Maybe that's why he made sense that he could that this would work. Yeah. I don't know. This is puppy love. At most, yes. And puppy love doesn't stick normally unless no. it is able to grow. Oh my god. This movie not has not given time for any love to actually grow between mm. characters. Yes. Dawn and Sonny are the closest, and the only reason that works is you know he's been in love with her for a long time, mm -hmm. and she's been too infatuated with all with uh, every other boy, mm -hmm. every other high school boy, in in her fairy high school to see the love of her life is right next to her. Mm -hmm. That's a common enough thing. I can accept it on her. I can accept it in this time period. I can't see the fact that two people who didn't really know each other, if they had ever met at all, mm -hmm. in one night could make this could go from oh yeah i'm marrying I, I i that i have so much true love for you that a magic potion can't affect it yeah here's the thing <laughs> back to the logic part of this yes if they end up breaking up later mm -hmm. will the magic potion then affect her yeah which is weird or I him mm -hmm. that is true we don't know because True love may be more powerful than the potion. Yeah. But is it really true love if you're not really in love? Yeah. Or you, you're just in, in fact, how do we know what between her and Bocking is not really just infatuation? Yeah, exactly. The same infatuation her sister was going through with every other boy on that, uh, in the, yeah. because, because, that thing. because they have a cop, they have common interests and common trauma does not mean they're supposed to fall in love with each other. I agree. Yeah, because they're be like there again, that kind of stuff can bring people together and be like, and in some ways it can be twisted as be like, oh, I'm falling in love with her. I'm falling in love with him. But I mean it's and and real and real in a real life situation, that would be okay, these two, you know, you know, I mean you know, I tell them a couple for you know a couple of months and they realize they really don't work together. I mean, I really don't know what I expected from the guy who wrote the love story between Anakin Skywalker oh. and Padme Amidala. Granted, I think this one was better than that one, but yeah, true. let's like face it, I like Attack of the Clones for what Obi-Wan was doing, not what Anakin was doing. That is true. It's like saying Anakin was, yeah, Anakin was saying such great quotes as, I hate sand. It's coarse. It's rough, and it gets everywhere. Nice job. It's like yeah, because totally, Padme totally fell in love with him because that quote, because that oh, line. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Jacob, what are you rating? I'm I'm song? throwing it back at you, Watchers. <laughs> Two point five. Oh wow. Okay. It's getting every single bonus that this has gotten is from the animation yeah 
and from character designs. Yeah. Some of them don't work as well as I'd like, but okay, a lot of them okay. do work. And that's why it's gotten up to 2.5. Mm. If I'm breaking it down, that 2.5 is that is if it's if we're just talking about character and animation, mm-hmm. character designs and animation, the art of this, that's a 10. Mm. Okay. It, yeah. well, maybe an eight. We'll be fair. An yeah. eight. But everything else that goes into the making of a film is just not there. Okay, fair. You this would not be fixed with a live action version. It's got this, it's it's doing good. The only it's only as good as it is because of the animation. It's okay. the only thing propping this movie up fair. in any way. Fair. 2.5 is what I'm rating this thing. I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Like because there again, animation is done incredibly well. There, there, there are some scenes that work. I love the imp. Uh, I, I love the the general concept of a lot of things, but it's all executed poorly. Uh, there again, the 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 romantic uh, program program the 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 system of how they describe love is doesn't work. The magical system doesn't work very well. Uh, just there again, I think this script could have used another re, uh, another pass or two to you know, flush the story out a little bit more and uh, actually make you want to actually root for these characters instead of be like this puppy dog love. Oh, we have commonly interest in trauma. Oh, yeah, we're definitely meant for each other. No, that's not the way this works. Rope, love does not work that way. Love, love is very much, you know, you're willing to die for each other. These characters are not willing to die for each other. This is be like puppy love, puppy love, teenage love in a nutshell that does not work. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I have seen relationships where two people fell in love when they were in middle school and they're happily married now with kids and careers and the whole bit. Now, granted, this was a relationship took years and years to work, you know, that to where they are now. Yeah. Not a fortnight. And we don't mean the game. No, we don't mean a Fortnite. Just the the course of a moon setting. Yeah, these characters I love. Like, just the the dynamics don't work Mm -hmm. and everything. So, yeah, it's a four. Be like, it it gets a four because the animation and a lot of the, you know, cerebral, cerebral? Am I saying that right? Yeah, close enough. Cerebral things that are going on around it. But everything else doesn't work. So, yeah, it's a four. All right, that brings us to the end of this movie. Yes. Next month yeah. is Halloween. Halloween. Spooky month. Yeah, spooky month. We never really came up with a name besides no, Halloween. It's Halloween month. month or spooky Pretty month. Pretty much. Yeah. And well, we month. are starting, we are staying in the realm of Disney, technically, yes. mm-hmm. but going back to the classics. Yeah, very much classic. I threw this one on here and it was like, ooh, I wasn't with now you know, I granted it. only half of this is a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> this is a spooky film. Yes. That being the headless horseman. Yes. Half. Yes. Now, the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yeah. I I know both of these stories. Yes. But I don't remember what Mr. Toad's half is about. I don't know either. So we will find out. Probably, uh, much like we did with Fantasia, we'll probably review both like semi-separately. Maybe. We'll we'll discuss that after yeah. the fact. But yeah. yeah, join us next week for that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we're gonna jump into the intermission. On the other side, we will talk about what we've been watching. Hang on, I should have. No, I'll be able to spot that. 
On the other side, we'll be talking about what we've been watching, the news, a little bit of X-Men. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Sorry. This week, we are uh, suggesting that you go check out the Retro Rewind podcast. On the Retro Rewind, every other week, uh, you can join the Retro Rewind podcast as we travel back 15 or more years on the entertainment space-time continuum and their rem- mission to review movies and games, assuming they can ever escape whatever it is Jared's doing to them now. Establishing what is still worth your time today. Enjoy fun banter and trivial insights from Francisco Paul and a rotating group of guest hosts who are all out of time. Hi, Roy. Cellcast also would like to thank the following patrons. Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Roy, uh, PaulJPowers.com, and Book of Gaming. If you want your name read on the show, uncut episodes of the podcast, plus art from special art from jacob please donate to us on patreon all right all right jacob i've got a question for you what have you been watching okay so what have i been watching so yesterday or correction early this morning we record on a friday yes so i i I kept hearing about this thing, this new show that's coming out on Netflix. Oh, you better not be talking about it because I hadn't caught up to it yet. Because okay. I know you don't care about continuity and keeping up with stories. So I know what you're about to talk about, <laughs> and I'm three episodes from being able to get into it. Okay, never mind. I'm assuming Power Rangers Cosmic Fury. Yes. Yes. So mm. I mean, like, I, I watched the first episode, I was just genuinely curious. Because there again, 30 years of Power Rangers. Yes. And I, you know, grew up watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and then watched quite a bit of it. I think the last time I really watched anything of Power Rangers was, I think it was Dino Thunder, I think. Well, if you don't count once and always. Yeah, once and always was interesting. I watched it. and I don't think I ever released that episode. What? Get on it, dude. That, you that got will a weekend. Probably, that will get over that probably will get released this week since that's yeah, you know, about to say that shows out. So yeah, it's been out. <laughs> no, I mean oh, I mean yeah, now yeah. that cosmic fury is out, that yeah, kind of works with fury. it. So uh so yeah, I watched it. I'm not gonna say anything because for the sake of my friend, I'm not going to because it sounded like if I said anything, I'm gonna die. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to die. I know of uh, I don't know of anything that goes into cosmic fury. It's yeah. just I literally just found out or just got to the episode where we found out what the pink ranger in dino fury has been who's i know the red ranger now in cosmic fury yeah what her actual heritage is well we actually not take that back we don't know what her heritage is we just know that technically she, she well her parents were aliens mm we just found that out. I haven't got to the episode where they dum, say, dum, dum. I, mean, I can kind of guess. Yeah. Considering this, the show, what race of aliens they are. <laughs> yeah. Especially since they actually showed her doing the same thing. The other two aliens on the team did. Right. So it's like, okay, I have a feeling I know where this is going to go. Yeah. But until we get there. Okay. 
all I'm gonna say it was interesting. I was gonna say yes, I know Billy's on the show. Yes, I know that. Okay. I'm gonna just say it was interesting. I know Zed's on the show yeah, too. Zed's there. And I know like, now he's being voiced by Fred Tadasior. Who is that? Shax on Lower Decks. Oh, okay. Be like, you know, listening to that voice would be like, it's like, oh, okay. That makes more Who is not the person who voiced him during Dino Fury. No. When Zed showed up there. Right. Because that Zed has a little bit higher voice than he should. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Uh, I mean, granted, Robert Axelrod, the original voice of Zed, has sadly passed. Yes. And it's hard to replace that voice for Lord Zed. Mm -hmm. But. (laughs) Yes. But um, I found it interesting. So I'm not going to go into details because there again, my friend hasn't got into it yet. But by the time you hear this episode, if you're on the uh, listen to the uh, podcast part of it, Mm -hmm. we'll probably already have it finished. But at Uh, the moment, I will talk more about my thoughts on Cosmic Fury next episode. But uh, so I, I, you know, I watched that this morning. You know, I I found myself as like I got to work a little later than I would want. So uh, I was like, okay, that was interesting. Uh, so this afternoon, got home after you know getting a few things done, trying to get some things done on a time period. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't able, able to get said thing done cor- uh, the exact same time because I didn't calculate a certain business closing at a certain hour. Uh, so yeah, it does happen. So I get home and I've been watching 9/11 a, a day in a day in America is on Disney Plus. And oh my gosh, this is so good. It's basically the uh, the events of 9-11 and uh, like it's talking with survivors, talking with firefighters, EMS, and like even a marine or two who were there, who were trying to help people. And uh, it's real, oh my gosh, it's so moving. And uh, they're going to be like, if you were not born in that time period, you did not experience it. I would highly recommend showing your kids this. It is crap. Be like, it's graphic. It's got language. It is be like, it deals with sensitive material, but it's something that the the younger generation needs to know. Not just be like, you learned it in a school book. Be like, actually watch it. Cause it is, it'll make you cry. There was one point where I was watching it. It was the, the event where the second tower or the first tower that got hit finally fell and this fire this um this uh fire this fire group or um this uh company company of firemen were escorting a a a woman down the stairs and they got to like the second third floor when the towers fell and their little stairwell was intact and uh it was it really heartwarming because they were able to get her out and you know try to be like you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay and uh, so, you know, they get done with everything. They don't know if she actually, you know, made it or not. She did. And they reunited. It was the whole great. And the point that got me the most is that this woman, she passed away six years later after 9-11. And that company were her pallbearers. I was just like, I, I, was, I was moved. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is beautiful. Mm. But, yeah, just like the, the story of 9-11, if you were not born in that era, go watch this for, for your own education, for your own historical understanding of what went through. Cause for people like me, people like Drew, we remember where we were. We were in high school. Be like, you can ask the generation before us where they mm-hmm. were when um, like JFK got assassinated or when challenger blew up or something like that. Be like, it's those 
monumental or moment. Columbia for that matter. Or Columbia blew up. I know where I was. Yeah. I was dead asleep. Yeah. And, I, it, I, and it did not wake me up. It woke me up. <laughs> well, granted, it was more over you than it was over me. So true. True. I, I literally thought it's like, oh my gosh, either either be like that was a bomb or a shuttle blew up. It was the latter. But uh yeah, it's one of those like defining moments in generate in a generation. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of afraid that later on people are going to politicize it too much to be like this xyz and uh people need to learn their history because if you don't you're doomed to repeat it so yeah learn your history people that's i mean i'm i'm almost done with this it's beautiful it's so well done and uh props to the national geographic who did this a couple of years ago and uh yeah go watch because if you don't know about 9-11 all you know is what people have told you go watch it it's gut-wrenching because you need to learn it. So, yeah, that, that's my little history rant for the day. So, yeah, that is all I've been watching. That's all you watched all week. Yeah, because I had no time in between far as I knew. Well, unless you're remembering some of the – I don't remember. No, I don't. I was just thinking it. Well, I've had weeks like that. Yeah, so exactly. Fair. Yeah. Uh, what I've been watching this yeah. week, as I mentioned earlier – Mm-hmm. I've been watching Power Rangers Dino Fury. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, at the beginning of this week, I was on episode four. Ah. I was in the middle. I, I was debating, can I watch episode 20 before you get over here? And then you knocked on the door. In fact, episode 20 of season two was playing because it was autoplay. And I hadn't decided if I was going to let it go or not. Yeah. I kind of was That's just watching until you showed up. That's what I heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, oh, and Jacob's here. Okay. Open the door, shut the PlayStation off, <laughs> get ready to finally, and everything's all set up to record. Um, so that, 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 that brought up the question. It was like, what in the world was he watching when I got, when I walked in? It was like, oh, okay. He was watching Dino Thunder. I was Thunder. watching Fury. Dino Fury. Dino sure. Thunder is a different show. That is true. Uh, too, too many Dino shows a, in this. Too four, many Dino only shows. four. Only four. Mighty Morphin Season 1. Yeah. Dino Thunder. Dino Charge. Yeah. Dino Fury. Yeah. Four. Okay, four. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So that that, remi- that reminds me, just like really quick, is be like, I sent him a uh, an Instagram reel that I saw like a couple months ago. Because mm-hmm. it'd be like, you know, they're doing, dy- you know, Cosmic Fury and the whole bit. So apparently someone uh, created a, sh- a, uh, a reel where they use the like the original Sentai, 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 Sentai footage for what would have been Cosmic Fury, and it is the way they dub it is absolutely hysterical. Yeah, because Cosmic Fury is not using the suits from the show they no. are technically adapting. Yeah, they only want your swords. <laughs> what am I, you know? Uh, <laughs> What am I not cosmic enough? What am I not fury enough? Oh, <laughs> love, it. That, love it. That one. I, I, love I it. have not watched the Sentai it's based on, but it's one I want to. Okay. Because it looks re- from the beginning, nine Rangers. Nine? Nine. That is crazy. Yeah. That's why they, that's the primary reason they did not adapt the suits. 
Because see why. They, could, they only had 10 episodes. You can't do a story with nine people in 10 episodes. No. Nine main characters. Definitely in this writing There's style. going to be six. Yeah. Seven. Sorry. Seven. I forget. Because they added one to the Dino Fury team. Mm, gotcha. Anyways. Anyway. Um. Uh, what else have what, I been watching? Yeah, um, what game have you played this week? What uh, the other thing I watched? I watched a uh, a riff tracks uh, sketch fest thing. Yes, I did not include that in the two hundred movie thing oh, we're doing. Okay. Yeah, mainly because the more I thought about, it, the more I was thinking eh, that's not really in the spirit of the competition. Fair. I mean, he did specifically Nick's documentaries. I'm assuming because they're not really movies. Yeah. But docudramas would be allowed, I assume. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, and this is not really, this does not really have a story story. Yeah. Because it was literally just a bunch of shorts that they reacted to. True. One of them, uh, I am curious if, uh, your girlfriend ever watched it mm. and what she would think about it because it's literally how to set up a kindergarten room. Oh, nice. and it is the most in-depth point for points. Like you don't need this as a training, as, as a, as a training mm. film, right? How in depth they're going into this. Right. <laughs> and it is dull. It's literally called setting up a room. They had to split it into two parts. Wow. For, for showing it. So, uh, but there's other couple little things like in that one, like, uh, the adventures of safety woman because a lot of these are PSAs, these mm. short films. And this was a short film of just basically about kids being safe, gotcha. but they had to create a superhero to tell this story. Sure. So <laughs> safety woman, mm -hmm. uh, it, there was a other, there was another one that was uh, like a black and white safety film where literally kids were dying like brutal deaths that they were showing and like this wow. you're, and you're showing this to kids yeah. it's like at, at some point it goes from being uh like shocking to just being funny you know it's, it gets to that point okay. it goes from being why would you show kids how, do, how did you convince kids to show do this and not actually you know i'm assuming the kids aren't actually hurt yeah but it's you like think. but at some point it goes from being that is horrible to that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. it, you just get so desensitized to it that quick. Wow. Um, so yeah. Uh, other than that thing. Um, oh, when I was over at Chase's, we watched some more of the, uh, what is the name of that show? The it's, it's, it's an isekai one about a, a, a healer mm -hmm. that, uh, He's the only person, he's the only healer that's not a uh, complete and total jerk. Got it. It's kind of, it almost seems like the writer of this one had uh, been fairly hurt by the health system and insurance and stuff like that, and was trying to show his, and was, was trying to show his hatred of it by showing truthfully how he, these healer people are by satirizing it. He was just trying to satirize our current healthcare system, oh, okay. but in fantasy form. It was interesting. It's, it's an interesting show. Um, and I think that's pretty much what I've been watching because playing wise, 
I've just kind of been I've been bouncing around different different games, and I'm not really stuck with anything. I can tell you next week I will be playing Final Fantasy 14. Mm. I'll tell you that right now. But other than that, got it. What do we got in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Thank you, Deeplet. And going into the news, uh, so DreamWorks Animation announced today on September 28th that is adapting. I'm probably going to butcher this name. Uh, let's just skip that. Uh, Peter Brown's uh, New York best-selling bestseller bestseller, The Wild Robot, into an animated theatrical feature. Uh, let's see, three-time Academy Award nominee. Uh, Chris Sanders is adapting the screenplay and will direct. Uh, Jeff Hartman is set to produce, and Dean DeBolos, I'm probably butchering, as exclusive producer. Um, another bit of news Walt Disney Animation Studios shares the first trailer poster image uh, uh, that morning for its 100th anniversary, 100th anniversary year. Musical comedy Wish, which is opening the U.S. theater starting on November 22nd. So that's all I have for in news. Unless you have something else here. I do not. Okay. Uh, have I mentioned that Spy Family is coming out next, not not tomorrow, but next Saturday? No, you haven't. Okay. Season two, starting uh, October, what is it, October 7th? Yeah. yeah October 7th. Mm-hmm. Which I know you're excited about that. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. I am debating whether or not to read the three volumes over there of uh, the, the manga yeah. that I have that before I watch the anime. Mm. Probably won't. I uh, got you. Because that's a good show. I, I enjoy that show. I I, I don't know when it's if, how, how they're going to work in an ending for this. If mm-hmm. it's going to be where we can work this into the show. But we may do parts. We, we may have to do like at least some of this show on TAS at some point. Okay. I don't know how exactly that's going to work, yeah. but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. The day we are recording this, September 29th, 2023, is the end of an era. Ah. Huh. Today, Netflix mm-hmm. mailed its final DVD. Really? Mm-hmm. They are a full streaming company now. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. All right, so yeah, that's all the news. All right. So then I guess it's time for X-Men. Yeah. Previously on X-Men. Sulky, over funky, kinda hulky superhero. Hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically erotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived.
and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Beyond Good and Evil, Parts 1 and 2, originally aired on September 4th, 1995, and November 11th, 1995, respectively. Uh, they, it was, they were directed by Larry Houston and Fred Miller, and written by Steve Cuden and Jan Strand, Stranad. S-T-R-N-A-D. Stranad? Uh, that's probably Don't give me the line. True. In these episodes... In the year 3999, Apocalypse steals Cable's computer and time travels to the past in order to end his struggle against inferior mutants permanently. The next phase of Apocalypse's plan begins. He targets and abducts the most powerful psychics in the universe. Guest characters for this one, and boy, are there a lot. Mm -hmm. Philip Aiken is Bishop. Lawrence Bain as Cable, Chris Britton as Mr. Sinister, John Colicos as Apocalypse, Dan Hennessy as Ruckus, Stephen Wamet as Bender and Archangel, Bender, Mark Strange as Forge, Kay Tremblay as Shard, Rod Wilson as Gorgeous George, Jennifer Dale as Mystique, Richard Epcar as Gladiator, Don Franks as Sabretooth, George Murner as Magneto. I am Magneto, master of magnet. <laughs> Camilla Scott as Lalandra, and lastly, Tasha Sims as Psylocke. Hmm. Getting into the trivia for these two episodes. The license plate of the wedding car reads Slim. Cyclops' nickname, apparently. Oh. That makes sense. I don't know who calls them that, but okay. Beast quotes from dramatist John Ford's The Broken Heart and composer Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado hmm. in this. This is the first aired X-Men episode of season four to feature speaking appearances for every member of the X-Men. None of the X-Men, however, wear their usual costumes. Hmm. True. Professor Xavier mentions that Scott and Jean were his first two students. Mm -hmm. mm. Is that Maybe true? in this universe? Because in the original X-Men comic, Jean was just joining the mm. X-Men and already on the team were Cyclops, Archangel, Iceman, mm. Beast, before he got blue hair for uh, Bluey. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, just putting that out there. Gotcha. Uh, this is the episode has the debut of Psylocke and, uh, or yeah, so, uh, uh, her regular name being Elizabeth Betsy Braddock. Magneto.
little boy in this episode. He, uh, he was played actually by uh, George Murner. Mm-hmm. Uh, after spotting Archang- Archangel, Shard indicates that he will one day join the X-Men. Because Archangel's story is being reversed in this continuity. Yeah. <laughs> because me, like it's the fact be like you look at the flashbacks, there's Angel, but because they're it's gonna be the like same character the same as Archangel. Girl. We saw him when Apocalypse turned him into Archangel. Yeah, exactly. So in the why, first so why in the war do they play? Because we see in flashbacks, even in this freaking season, where Archangel mm-hmm. is obviously an X-Man. But, well, in all fairness, Shard does say he will join the X-Men, or he will be, he, 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 he is one of the, mm-hmm. he, he'll be one of the X-Men, but who is he working for now? True. And granted, he was not Archangel until after his deal with Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, kind of, that makes sense, because yeah. he was Angel before. True. Although he does wear his angel outfit in this, except he still has this blue skin from Archangel. So yeah, and his strange of metallic wings that kind of just mm-hmm. sit on his back like a backpack. Yeah, <laughs> in this. But uh, yeah. Anyway, what are your thoughts on this episode? I these episodes. There again, we we get into the the uh, the triangle between Wolverine, Scott, and Jean Grey. Yes. And uh you get where Wolverine obviously he's bummed out, be like he's you know kind of like he's the the uh the he is in love with Jean. He is in love with Jean. Agreed. He is in love with Jean. And you get this, you get uh Ford's not Ford's but uh uh Bishop it gets thrown into this like temporal. Well, I want to call it a temporal loop, but I it's don't not. Know what is? Yeah, it's, it's like a junction point. Right, and this character Bender is oh my there. Gosh, Bender, and I'm like, was he what vo- is with this dude? I keep thinking was he voiced by Bobcat Goldwaite? Maybe, maybe that's what I'm, he sounds like. I'm sorry. When you tell me Bender, I'm thinking the one from Futurama who wants you to bite his shiny metal posterior. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you have some like interesting characters. We're introduced, or we're not introduced to Bishop's sister, but she's brought back into the story, and it's she. This is she has a bigger role this time. Yeah, because she hasn't had a big role uh, in the in the show before. Yeah, she's just been in the background. Yeah, t- you know the the time travel elements are pretty interesting. There again, you know, it's it's nineties time travel, so it's always gonna be weird. And uh, the 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 Ford of this is like, oh, we're gonna you know, remind you again what uh, what Bishop did in the first time he showed up. The, the same, a younger Xavier that the, would change. Is it, no, no, not the first. Oh, yeah, Bishop. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Bishop. I was thinking Cable. It's like, no, 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 K- no. first time Cable showed up was randomly on Slave Island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then they had, that and then that they, is weird because they go then back. Then they retconned him. Yeah, they retconned him. It's like, okay, who is he? Because they're going to, like, even that same season, they mentioned, like, oh, yeah, that's Cable. Well, what is he coming from the future for? He, like, they he haven't was a explained wild man from Borneo the last time we saw him. I really, really hope if it is not explained before the end of this show that it's one of the things that they prioritized mm-hmm. in 97 to say why cable is in is there's why there are two different versions of cable. <laughs> exactly. But uh 
overall, I, I enjoyed it because there again, you get Wolverine be like, where's Jane the entire time? It's hilarious. Well, and, I, uh, I, I did like that at the beginning before she gets captured. Mm-hmm. He, he as as they're at the wedding reception, mm-hmm. he and before oh, yeah. he cuts the cake <laughs> with his claw. That was great. It hits right. the Scott. He says, and he says, if you don't make her happy, you'll hear from me. <laughs> it's like, well, at least that's probably the nicest thing Wolverine could say in that moment. Yeah, definitely to Scott. Yeah. But, but still um, kudos for actually showing up and not being a angry spool sport sulking at the at the uh, sulking on in back in the uh danger room yeah, like danger he was room last was like, time. <laughs> Which I was very surprised he was even there in the first place. I was like, okay. But because it, it would make more sense he wouldn't show up because he's so just like, be like, I'm in love with Jean. Why is she marrying this, you know, uh, bespectacled dork? Uh, but uh, so I just realized we never saw what happened to Madeline Pryor after she showed up in the series. <laughs> she just, she got disappeared like a hot plate. Wait a minute. Dark what? Phoenix Saga. Oh, that's when he they did the Madeline Pryor thing with her. Oh, and technically, it's him and Madeline Pryor that are the parents of yeah of Cable. Cable. That's right. And all Madeline Pryor is is a clone of Jean Grey, my sinister. And they dropped that plot like a hot potato. Yeah, because that would have been interesting. Like Jean comes back, it's like wait, be like then who's this? Once what? once was, again, X Men ninety seven. Yeah, do that. Yeah, explain something. Please, but fix your plot holes. Yes, but Saban was def- obviously not going to. Yes, but uh, I enjoy it. Be like you get the be like apocalypse story where it's kind of silly. It's like it's the silly plot where Apocalypse knows that uh, uh, Cable and his uh, compatriots are coming for him, and he steals his time machine. Mm-hmm. Or he steals his computer, which is a time machine, and his uh, his uh, his gimmick where he can you know figure out everything out. What would you? What kind of device is that? It's like it gives you the ability to do everything. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, kind of a Deus Ex Machina kind of you know device. Yeah, where he can just do everything. And it's it like, does oh, what the plot requires. There we go. There we go. Like the time travel in this show. Yeah, exactly. It just, just does what the plot requires it mm-hmm. to. Exactly. Or like hyperdrive in Star Wars. It yeah. travels at the speed of plot. True. Sorry. Yeah, yeah let's just not get into Rise of Skywalker on that one. Mm, really. That's not even what I was referring yeah, exactly. to. Exactly. But uh I enjoyed it. Uh you get episode one. Where it's like, oh, okay, then you get, you know, Jean is kidnapped, don't know where, you know, where she's gone. Sinister makes us be like, it's like, oh, she's gone into a place and, you know, some so and so, such a vague way that kind of tells it somewhere in time. And, uh, and then you get in this episode two and it's more expounded upon what Apocalypse is doing and he's, you know, gathering all these villains mm-hmm. to help, including Magneto, who apparently. What we thought that, oh, he's just going to be a good guy. Nope. No, no, no. Still a villain. No, no, no. I never said yeah. that he became a good guy. Yeah. I said the only times he actually fought the X-Men yeah. are in those two episodes. The rest of the time, he's just another character. Yeah. He does not do any other, quote, unquote, act as the villain from that point forward. Yeah. And literally, he isn't here either. Yeah. He, he's literally doing because we like what Apocalypse says, like, 
Yeah. Like, oh, I, I can, I can re was like, was it sinister or apocalypse? He's talking to, I can't remember which, but, uh, <laughs> talking about like reuniting with his, his long lost love. I don't remember if it was sinister apocalypse because yep. it literally, it depends on who they decided to draw this time. That is true. Cause they have this. I still don't know why what's, I don't know why sinister is working for apocalypse, mm -hmm. But literally, whoever they decide to be the quote-unquote face of, of of the story, of the villain's story, mm -hmm. seems to depend on which artist decided to draw a character. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's true. Sinister or Apocalypse. Yes, Apocalypse is the head guy behind this. But for a lot of us, it's like, I'm Mr. Sinister, and I'm being evil. Why are you being you? Because I'm working for Apocalypse. Why are you working for Apocalypse? He said he'd give me whatever I, he'd give me what I wanted. Well, you're not immortal. It's like here it doesn't matter. What do you mean? Because I am Apocalypse and I, this is the center of time. The time dimension. I'm time sorry. Dimension. This is the time, time dimension. dimension. And I'm going, time does what time travel theory does there a dimension called the time dimension this is power rangers logic <laughs> that is true that is so true and here here's another thing this about is the, and this is the only time they've used power rangers logic in this show oh, this is God. jason and, and uh, th this is rita's dark dimension that's basically what this fair, is fair so the, Jason and Goldar are fighting just two rooms over. <laughs> oh, so here, here's the thing. Be like, you're, you're watching this first episode and like most of the episode, it's just like, what the world is wrong with this animation? The animation is so funky. And like, it, it's got like a funky monkey on its back. A lot weird. It'd be like, it's very animated, very oddly. It's like, okay, are we in the fifth season or the fourth season here, people? I it aired as part of the fourth originally. Uh -huh. It's air, it's the fourth in ours. But I suspect they were in the transitionary period because probably so. well, we always say the fifth season is where they went to the cheaper animation studio. Mm -hmm. I'm beginning to wonder if that's just the easy way to mark the transition and whether or not they got started before this point. Because sure. good night, Magneto has super bushy white eyebrows of this oh, that yeah. he's never had before you can he you can see his eyebrows in underneath the helmet and anytime we've seen him in the past yeah why can we see it now and it's weird things like that it's like the season five episodes we have already reviewed yeah. because of when they pop up chronologically and it's like the weird animation choices mm -hmm that just crop up here because it's like the animation studio doesn't care and they're doing it cheaply. Yes. I don't know if this is the same, if, if this is all the same animators, mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like it is. Yeah. It's just like the animation feels a little bit off, but uh, like overall, the story is pretty good. What we've gotten so far. Uh, I'm curious to where it's going to conclude. Cause there again, apocalypse is gathering powerful psychics. Yeah. And, and it, it really does feel like this is the series finale, not season series finale, yeah. because they're bringing in every villain that we've had so far. Mm -hmm. The only thing we're missing is the Hellfire Club. Yeah. <laughs> because we have, oh, and uh, um, Sabretooth's son. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sabretooth is here, but his son's not. And it's like, well, that's he's got a he's a villain too. You might as well bring him in. Have the friends of humanity attack for no apparent reason. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how you're gonna get them to the time dimension, but yeah, and why would they work with Apocalypse? He's he's a mutant. Are is he gonna pay them a lot of money? Dude, Graydon Creed Jr., whatever his name is. Yeah is so stupid oh yeah he's so, so hypocritical agreed that he would do it yeah if agreed. it would get if, if if apocalypse is i will kill every mutant if you help me but aren't you a mutant no but i am an alien i'm an alien mutant that's different no except he's not an alien mutant either he's ancient egyptian yeah he's you know <laughs> ancient <laughs> spirits of evil yes the true enemy of the of the modern world, ancient Egypt. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. You stop just going out of your butt. <laughs> uh, I, no, I was just reminded. Of, I used to watch uh, a YouTuber. He wasn't a YouTuber actually, because this is this is when they were still. Everyone was still trying to do their video stuff on other stuff before they finally all gave up and went to YouTube. Mm -hmm. It was a guy. It was his name is Linkara. Uh -huh. He did this series called Atop the Fourth Wall where he reviewed bad comics. Oh, yeah, I know who this is. And he had a common, well, because of the common plots of 90s comics about mm -hmm. ancient Egypt, he had this common trope where it's like, of course, it was ancient Egypt. And then it shows the pyramids and you hear the dark, the, the, the Imperial March. Dun, 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 dun. And that's just what plays in my mind. I got now you. Honestly, because that's what Apocalypse there. has to be from ancient Egypt. Apparently. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's stuff. He's like, hiding in the pyramid. I knew you were coming, Bishop. The entire time. Cable. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong time traveler. Can you blame me? There's no some you can't. Bands. There's a lot of similarities. That is true. Between these two guys. I'm surprised Cable doesn't have an M carved into his face. Well, he's got a mark on his face. I know he's that. got other he's got other issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm Cable. I'm from the future, and I'm the Wild Man from Borneo. <laughs> Which Cable are we dealing with? You'll never know. No. <laughs> Pops up on the bottom. Cable's future thirty nine ninety nine. It's like oh that one, yeah that one. It's like maybe it's like a like a distant part of himself who went into the past and just went crazy and forgot he was a time traveler. <laughs> hey, that techno virus whatever it's called yeah that that is his thing yeah that is why he got sent to the future i think in the i don't remember why he got sent to the future in the first place because technically he was in the comics he was born to madeline Pryor in the normal day then got sent in the future for some reason and came back with this techno virus that was attacking everybody well but i, I like it was something to do with apocalypse obviously obviously because like, it's apocalypse yeah because Apocalypse likes to mess with the, you know, the the Summers gene grade gene lot gene. Uh, I'm just saying genetics. I'm just saying it's a it will be a horrible day when Apocalypse and Thanos decide to work together. Oh gosh, because they're the same character. They are, they are the same character. But uh, I I did enjoy that they brought in Psylocke as like they kind of just oh oh Ninja Girl. It's Psylocke. We know we this. all knew it was Psylocke. we all knew it was Psylocke, and they're gonna be like you know. Young boys seem to be like, oh, she's kind of cute. Mm, Psylocke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Granted, the only thing that would be better was mm, Snow. What, 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 uh, 
Frost was her name. Um, Emma Frost. Emma Frost. Emma Frost. <laughs> I literally had someone describe <laughs> Emma Frost as that character you bought X Men comics for to see how naked they'd get her this week. <laughs> this month. Oh my God! It's the it was the nineties, guys. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, they were not making it for kids, but kids were reading, reading it. it because the people, the adults buying it, who it was being made for, were putting them in plastic bags and not reading them, trying to pay their way through college. Yeah, and failed really? miserably <laughs> because if it's not rare, it ain't worth nothing. Very true. But, 90s era comic book makers yeah exactly anyways be like this was a good set of episodes i'm looking forward to the next set of episodes and so yeah to finish off what feels like a series finale even yeah, though it's not it's not even the series season finale of this true. season true i was half surprised none of these ended with a cheap fire graphic or something oh gosh that's that would painfully make by this time, I was like, oh, you should be using word art. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. Do you have anything else for we cut out no, of here? I Next don't. week, of course, parts three and four of Beyond Good and Evil, uh, along with Ichabod and Mr. Toad, mm -hmm. who are beyond good and evil. <laughs> I don't know. I'm joking at this point. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Deedla, you're beyond good and evil. <laughs> you can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. That's my And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. That's that. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L.
wise men say only fools rush in but i can't help falling in love with you squack <laughs>